Well, hey everyone, my name is Steven and I am one of the pastors here at Journey Church. Hey, thanks for taking the time to listen to this message. We pray that this helps you on your walk with Jesus, but also that it encourages you to get plugged into a local community of believers. Hey, if 2020 taught us anything, it's that being isolated from others is not how God intended us to live. So be sure to use this resource in conjunction with being plugged into your local church. Hey, we hope you enjoy this message from God's Word. Well, we finally made it. Week number six, that means verse number six today. We are going to be wrapping up the Psalm 23 series today. Uh, I hope you guys have got a lot out of this. Have you got a lot out of this series? Yeah? All right, good, yeah. Yeah, me too. Yeah, that's that clapping's for me because I learned a whole bunch about myself that I need to trust the Lord as my shepherd, right? And so as we wrap this up today, it's going to be good to, to just give this overarching view of verse 6 and to see what God's going to show us in there. And one of the things, if, you've been, um, if you haven't been able to catch all of the messages in this series, I'd highly recommend you go back to the website, uh, check out this series there. Uh, you can go back to the podcast, uh, check that out. It's on Apple, Spotify, and Google Podcasts. So you can go back and catch up on all these, uh, these series if you want to see what we've been talking about. But, but one of the overarching themes that we've been going through is we've been being reminded of God's promises when he is our shepherd and that when we being his sheep, when we trust him and we follow him with our entire lives. And when we do trust him and follow him, we can know that nothing is out of his control, right? Maybe it's those, those even though moments or the even when moments that we've been talking about, right? Even though X, Y, Z has happened in my life, we can proudly and boldly proclaim that statement, it is well with my soul no matter the situation. For the last time, let's say that together. It is well with my soul, no matter the situation. Right, and we can say that because of who God is. He is a firm foundation. We don't uh, put our trust into our circumstances or our situations, but into our shepherd. And so again, for, for the last time in this series, hopefully not the last time ever, I'd, I'd recommend you go back and read Psalm 23 at some other point in your life too. But let's read this text together and again, get this buried in our hearts. So here we go. The Lord is my shepherd. I have what I need. He lets me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He renews my life. He leads me along the right paths for his name's sake. Even when darkest valley, I fear no danger, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Only goodness and faithful love will pursue me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord as long as I live. So I've titled today's sermon, The Clincher. Right, when was the last time you heard that word, the clincher? I'm sure some English teachers are in here. You probably heard that yesterday, but it's been a while since I've heard this word. And we're calling it the clincher because this verse, verse number six, is kind of the verse that settles everything, right? It's the one that takes the cake. It's going to tell us what's going to happen when we follow the good shepherd, when we trust the good shepherd with our lives, right? When we trust him with everything that's going on. It is that final definitive statement that sums up everything that we have studied thus far about us being sheep 
and about Jesus being our good shepherd. And as a recap, we've been talking about everything that the shepherd does for us, right? He takes away our lack of anything in life, which means that we have everything that we could absolutely need found in him, right? He provides rest for our souls. He supplies renewal and direction in our lives. Even when we've gone down the wrong paths and gone and become cast aside somewhere, his grace is what comes out and finds us where we are, stuck on our backs, and then takes us and flips us right side up. That's what his grace does for us. And then he gets us off those paths of selfishness and onto the paths of righteousness. And then we come to those even when portions, right? And that's one of those statements that's found right in verse four. It says, even though or even when we go through hard terrain, when we go through a valley, even when we walk through the shadow of death, we can fear no danger, right? Because the good shepherd, he's always with us, right? When the going gets tough, the shepherd doesn't get going. No, he sticks with us through it. And he brings his rod and his staff, which is his protection and his direction, brings those along to give us that extreme comfort. And he brings us that peace that surpasses all understanding, that true shalom that they would say. And keeping our eyes on the shepherd and, and not the situation is what's going to bring us that shalom, right? Right? If you've got your eyes on the enemy, you're going to miss that extraordinary table that is prepared right before you in the presence of your enemies. By focusing on the one who dines with us, who prepares and sets that table for us, that is the best way to not let the enemy have a seat at your table. And also, as we see this clincher statement today come to life, what we want to do is we want to ask God to bless our time together, and to reveal to us what he wants to show us throughout this psalm, but throughout this verse. So let's pray together. Father, we are grateful for today, the, the day that we get to see what follows us as we pursue you, the good shepherd. And God, I pray that you would comfort us where we need comforted. God, that you would convict us where we need convicted. And God, ultimately, that we would trust you and follow you above all else. God, you're the good shepherd. We are not. We are your sheep. And we want to trust you above all things in this life. God, I thank you that you are the shepherd that is, that is discussed here in Psalm 23. Jesus said you are the good shepherd that reflects back to this. And that in you and found in you is anything and everything that we could ever possibly need. Thank you for being faithful, Lord. And I ask that you would go before us. In Jesus' name, and all God's people said, amen. amen. So there are a few things that we can pick out from verse number six. And number one is this, the pursuit. So if you're taking notes today, write that down, the pursuit. So check out what it says here. It says, only goodness and faithful love will pursue me. So before we go any further, let's do what we did last week. Let's check out our sheep facts first, okay? So sheep can... Under poor management, be one of the most destructive livestock animals that are out there. They could take a piece of land and just rip it up, making it almost impossible to repair. But what's interesting is in bold contrast to that, they can also be one of the most beneficial of all livestock animals if they're properly managed. Philip Keller, in, in his book, a Psalm, a Shepherd Looks at Psalm 23, he writes this about his sheep. He says, their manure, yeah, that's what we're starting today with, is a bunch of manure. 
Their manure is the best balanced of any produced by domestic stock. When scattered effectively over the pastures, it proves of enormous benefit to the soil. The sheep's habit of seeking the highest rise of ground on which to rest ensures that the fertility from the rich lowland is redeposited on the less productive higher ground. I got to tell you, I wanted to make so many jokes about sheep stuff and how it doesn't stink, but I, I probably just better keep moving along before I get sucked into a bunch of bad dad jokes here. So here we go. He also states that sheep will eat just about anything, right? He goes on to say that sheep, they'll eat all sorts of weeds and other undesirable plants that might otherwise invade a field. For example, they love the buds and the tender tips of Canadian thistle, which if not controlled, can quickly become a noxious weed. And we all know about those thistles living out here, don't we? Like they're everywhere, in a few years, a flock of well-managed sheep will clean up and restore a piece of ravaged land as no other creature can do. And then he goes on to wrap up with this statement. He says, goodness and mercy, or faithful love, had followed my flocks. They left behind them something worthwhile, productive, beautiful, and beneficial to themselves, to others, and to me, the shepherd. Where they had walked, there followed fertility and weed-free land. And where they had lived, there remained beauty and abundance. So with the sheep actually trusting and following the shepherd, they not only got their needs met, but they also met the needs of other people just by being present. Isn't that interesting? So what's the application here? Well, check this out. Just as God's goodness and mercy follow us all the days of our life, so goodness and mercy itself should follow us, leaving behind a legacy to others wherever we go. So my question to you this morning is, what's following you? Right? What, what legacy are you leaving when people meet you, they, they find out you're a Christian, that you, you claim to follow Jesus and his teachings, what's their impression of you? Right? Do you leave behind goodness and mercy, faithful love with them? Or are you leaving behind destruction and hopelessness? Are you trusting the shepherd to not let you overgraze where you're sitting? Or are you fighting against him and just squatting and being bullheaded, not wanting to... Follow what he says. Is it goodness and faithful love that follow you, or is it something entirely different? I mean, it could be righteousness or selfishness. How about kindness or corruption? Am I leaving behind peace or turmoil? Bitterness, forgiveness. Am I being a blessing to someone, or am I being a pain to someone? Right? Am I believing behind me rich, pure sheep manure, or am I leaving behind my own? And I'll let you finish that sentence. I love how Isaiah 52 7 puts it. It says, How beautiful on the mountains are the feet of the herald who proclaims peace, who brings news of good things. So, what's following you? Is it news of good things? Are you proclaiming peace? You know, maybe you've had a rough childhood and thought to yourself, you know, I, I'm never going to treat my kids or my wife or my husband that way, but now you're actually doing exactly what you swore you'd never do, and you're leaving that legend and that legacy behind you. 
So inside of that, ask yourself, is the legacy you're living one worth living? Leaving one worth living? Is the legacy you're leaving one worth living? Would you want to go back and walk through what you are leaving behind for other people in your family? I was chatting with my friend, uh, Mark Brandt, last Tuesday. He was telling me about a thought that he had been having recently. Uh, he had just had a birthday, and he's like, man, I'm getting older. I'm not getting any younger. I better, I better just start processing some of this. But, but his thought was, what legacy or what legend am I leaving behind me for my family? Is it a legacy that my family will actually appreciate and want to live out themselves? Right? In other words, is, is goodness and mercy and faithful love following me all the days of my life? Or am I leaving behind the legacy of a tyrant behind me? And nobody's going to want to walk through that. You know, one of these days, generations are going to pass and our names are going to be forgotten. And what's left with our families, with our legacies, should be that which is going to reflect the goodness, mercy, and faithful love of the Good Shepherd. And if that's not what you're leaving behind today, I'd encourage you, go, go out and fix it. Right? Go apologize where you need to. Turn in repentance to the Lord. Ask him for your forgiveness. And what the beautiful thing about that is, is when you do that, he ensures that goodness and mercy and faithful love will follow you. I really like how Charles Spurgeon put it. He said about goodness and faithful love, he said, these twin guardian angels will always be at my back and my beck. Just as when great princes go abroad, they must not go unattended. So it is with the believer. So when we have Jesus as our shepherd and we are following him and trusting him with our lives, we don't go anywhere unattended. Now, this isn't something that's just lagging behind us or just kind of following behind us. No, that, that's what happens when I'm outside with my kids playing. I say, hey, it's time to go inside. Let's get washed up and go have dinner. And they just kind of drag their feet a little bit and quench. She's like, oh, look, a flower. And she'll pick that up. And even my son starts running away the other, the other direction now. It's, it's not good, right? They're just kind of lollygagging. They're not wanting to follow me inside. And I think often that's how we think about God's love and his goodness and his mercy, Right, it's just kind of lagging behind us, taking its sweet time. Right? He, he's with us, but maybe a few steps behind us. And sometimes it's, it's a little hard to see and hear and, and to truly know if he's actually there with us. But when we read this verse in this context, that's not what it says at all. Right? The wording here is that it pursues us, which means exactly that. It is an all-out, full-on pursuit. So what that tells us is that when you pursue the shepherd you can know that you're being pursued as well, right? It's like if you broke the law and then Pastor Chris was on duty, right? He'd come out, he'd, he'd hunt you down, he would pursue you, and then probably do some things that I shouldn't share from the stage to you. Right? I rode around with him one night when he was on shift on patrol, and I'm telling you, when the uniform is on, you gotta be on your best behavior. His, his family's even laughing at me. They know that's not true. He's kind of a pushover, that's okay. But all in all, that's what David is saying here about God's love in your life. It's not lagging behind you in the slightest. His love is pursuing you. It's an active pursuit. It's on your heels for how long? All the days of my life. Every single day 
God's goodness and mercy are pursuing his sheep, not just some days, but every single day. I love what scripture tells us about this mercy, which is faithful love. They're they're the same word. They're interchangeable. But his mercy is new every single morning. And so when you wake up tomorrow, remind yourself that, hey, before your feet even hit the ground, God's love and his mercy are pursuing me. God's mercy is brand new this morning. Let that be the first thought in your mind instead of, man, what have I got to do today? I've got to walk through these hard things. I got to think about this. I got to do these things. No, let the very first thought in your mind be, no, God's mercy is fresh this morning. And his love is pursuing me. It's going to change your day if you really believe that. And then as you walk through every portion of your day, if you're going through the good stuff or the bad stuff, the the high highs or the low lows, whatever those might be, know that you can never get away from God's goodness, his mercy, and his love. You know, it's so good to know that even when we do fall short and we wander and we sin and, and do these different things, that God still pursues us. He still pursues us with goodness and mercy. Or when we start to doubt God, he still pursues us with his goodness and mercy. And I'm sure amongst us today, there are people who, if you're being honest with yourself, you feel extremely distant from God right now. You feel like you've been wandering from God. Maybe you're having a hard time just even trusting him. But I want you to know that right now, based on God's word and what he says in scripture, you know, I, I believe that he's brought you here to journey today or, or he's brought you to this broadcast sometime in the future on the website to hear that he loves you and that he wants you to trust him and follow him. And if you do, his goodness and mercy are going to follow you every single day of your life. And I know a lot of us are like, well, I, I don't deserve that. You know, I've been cast aside. I've, I've gone down these paths. Well, yeah, that's the whole point. It's called mercy. None of us deserve it. But when he's our shepherd, he still gives it to us. And it's yours for the taking. So we've got to see this beautiful picture of the pursuit of God's goodness and his faithful love in our lives. And we've asked ourselves, man, is is that what I'm leaving behind? That's a question we should always be asking ourselves. Is that the legacy I'm leaving behind is goodness and faithful love? But now let's let's turn a verse here and look at the promise. Number two is the promise. Let's look at what the text says. It says, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord. I love this because this entire psalm is wrapped up with this bold statement, this this proclamation of a promise from the shepherd to where the sheep are going to dwell. They get to dwell in the house of the Lord. And that word dwell means to just sit down and to stay. It has that whole idea of, hey, thank you for coming. Please sit down and make yourself at home. Unpack your things because I want you to stay here with me. You know, I thought for a long time that, okay, we're talking about the house of the Lord, so that's probably the temple because it's the Old Testament. So I I thought that was it, but, but it can't be the temple because the temple in Jerusalem hadn't been built yet when this was written. David's son Solomon, he ended up building the temple after David, so the house of the Lord in this context is something else. I believe this this house that we're talking about here represents that intimate fellowship that David is enjoying with the Lord as he lives in the very presence of God day in and day out. It's saying that David will always be at home in the Lord's presence. 
and that always in a personal relationship with him, no matter where he goes. And the final tag here on this sermon, it says, as long as I live. As long as I live. Church, how long does a Christian live? You guys are so smart. Forever. That's right. This body eventually is going to stop working at some point. There are parts on mine, I tell you, they're, they're, I hit 30 and they already started going out. Like I need more oil or WD-40 or something because my, my parts are squeaking. It's not good. However, for us as believers in Jesus Christ, for us to be absent from the body, Scripture tells us that means that we are to be present with the Lord. 2 Corinthians 5, I love how it puts it. It says, in fact, we are confident and we would what? Prefer to be away from the body and at home with the Lord. That's actually where we want to be. Now, there was a story I had heard from another pastor uh, and, and, and this, uh, they had a church member. Uh, this church member's name was Casey. He was diagnosed with stomach cancer. And within about a month, they took Casey in for surgery to remove it. But when they opened his stomach, they realized that the cancer had started to spread to everything. There was literally nothing they could do to help him. So they, they closed him back up. They woke him up from anesthesia and said, Casey, I'm sorry, but there is nothing that we can do. He was journaling a couple of weeks before he died, and this is what he wrote in his journal. He said, I was diagnosed with stomach cancer, and now they say it spread to my liver, my lymph nodes, and my lungs. If I didn't know the Lord, I would probably be scared. But instead, I have such peace. Psalm 23 sums it up. Later, that pastor said that he remembered walking into the hospital room knowing that, that Casey was about to die and, and just not knowing what to say. Because what do you say in those situations? She's like, I'm sorry. I, I wish you weren't going through this. I wish there was something I could do to help. Well, he and some other like elders and deacons, they, they had walked into Casey's hospital room that day. And when they did, they got a surprise. Because here was a man sitting on his bed, literally in the valley of the shadow of death, and he had a giant smile on his face. He had the biggest smile on his face because when they walked in, Casey pointed up to heaven and he said, you know what, Pastor, today I get to be with the Lord. Today I get to be with Jesus. The pastor went on to say that suddenly, I'm sorry, didn't feel like the appropriate response anymore, or I wish this wasn't happening, didn't feel like the right thing to say. He said he actually found himself saying, now I'm jealous and I wish I was going with you. You get to be with the Lord. But, but that's my point here because when the Lord is our shepherd, we have nothing to fear. The Lord is your shepherd. You have nothing to fear. Even the worst thing that could ever happen to you in this life, death itself has now become the best thing that could happen to you. I love how the Bible puts it in Revelation 7. It says, for the lamb, and they're talking about Jesus here, for the lamb in the midst of the throne will be their shepherd. And he will guide them to springs of living water. And God will wipe away every tear from their eyes. You know, Jesus is that lamb who is slain for our sins and our mistakes, our, our shortcomings. But he is also that shepherd that we just read about who knows and protects his own. Who goes before his own sheep. 
He even said it this way in John 10. He said, my sheep hear my voice and I know them. And they follow me. I give them eternal life. And they will never perish. No one will snatch them out of my hand. No one will snatch them out of head. You see that they will never die. And they will always be dwelling in the house of the Lord as long as they live. Because the good shepherd came down and gave his life for the sheep. I really like how Warren Wearsby said it. He was a Bible scholar, commentator. He said, under the old covenant, the sheep died for the shepherd. But under the new covenant, the shepherd died for the sheep. The good shepherd promises that his sheep are always going to be with him. No matter if it's here or there, if it's on earth or if it's on heaven, he is with us. I know this isn't a Christmas sermon, but he is still today, not just at Christmas, Emmanuel. He is still today God with us. And as your shepherd, Jesus guarantees your eternity forever with him in his house. So if you trust in the Lord as your shepherd, that is a check that you can take to the bank. You can cash that check. And so as we conclude this series, we want to look at the pinnacle of everything that's been said here. We want to look at the pinnacle of everything that we have been through. I don't know if you remember, because I barely remember what I had for breakfast yesterday, but six weeks ago when we kicked off the sermon series, I told you guys that this, this, uh, this book of Psalms, it's just a giant song book, right? It was the, it's like the Jewish hymnal in a sense. In Psalm 23, if you were to pick this one out, that would have been the chart topper. Right, That would have been that platinum record that's hanging on the wall for the record producer to look at all the time, knowing that, hey, I recorded that. Look how great this one is done. Right, This would be the tune that's played over and over again in your car. Right, you, you come to work, it's on the radio. You get ready to leave work and you go home, it's on the radio again. You fire up to go to dinner somewhere, it's on the radio again. It's the one that Spotify shows over a billion plays on. And so I, what, what I want to challenge you with today as we wrap up everything here, is to let Psalm 23 be the soundtrack that plays through your life. Let it be your life song. Now, I know this psalm is usually heard or read at funerals and in hard times and difficult things, but this psalm is not just for those hard times. This psalm is for today. It's for living out. Right, verse one, or if we want to look at it this way, track number one, all the way to track number six, are promises that can be taken to the bank. And the greatest promise of all is that the Lord, the good shepherd, Jesus Christ himself, he is your shepherd. Right? How did he start this? The Lord is my shepherd, and I have what I need. So even in the valleys, even when the enemies are surrounding you and you're sitting at the table dining, you have zero, zilch, nada, zip, however you want to put it, nothing to fear. Because the shepherd is in front of you and those twin guardian angels, goodness and mercy, or goodness and faithful love, are on hot pursuit on your tail. Guys, I hope this sermon series has been a blessing to you. So as we wrap up today, I'm going to pray, and then we're going to sing Psalm 23 one more time together. Would you bow your heads and pray with me?
Lord, we are, man, so grateful for this psalm. Just cannot get enough of the, the promises that are found in here. And God, I am grateful that every time I got to open up to this psalm, that it just seemed fresh. God, that every time I read these words, even though it was repetitive again and again and again, that it was never tiring. God, that your word, just like your mercies were, it seemed new every morning. And God, as we reflect on all of this, as we look towards all of this, I pray that you would remind us of these promises in here. God, that first and foremost, that you are the shepherd and we have everything that we'll ever need. That could be the culmination of this entire sermon series. That you are everything that we could need. That in the good times, you're there with us. That in the bad times, you are there with us. God, when we're walking through the death itself, it's just a mere shadow because you are the one who has conquered death and given victory to the Christian. Not because of anything we've done, but because of everything that you did. And God, I pray today that if, if there are people here who don't know you as their shepherd, that they would just hear how good you are, that they would hear how much you love them, and that they would want to follow you all the days of their lives, Lord. God, if that's somebody here today, I pray that you would move them to talk to someone, that you would move their hearts through your Holy Spirit to, to get plugged in and to learn about who this Jesus is, that he's not just a historical figure, that he wasn't just a good moral person, but that he is the good shepherd who laid his life down for the sheep so that we could have eternity in heaven, Lord, that we don't have to have eternity in hell because that's what happens when we don't trust you as a good shepherd. So God, I pray today that, that if there's anything that we hear, that it would be that you love us so much that you gave your life for us. And because of that, we don't have to live in sin anymore, but we get to live in victory and the chains of bondage and sin and shame, all of that is broken because of your great name. Thank you for who you are, Lord. Thank you again for this beautiful song that, that you laid on David's heart so many years ago. And God, that your word is still applicable to this very day. Now, God, I pray that you would, just as a good shepherd you are, go before us. God, and I pray that we would remember that your goodness and mercy are right behind us. And we ask this in Jesus' name and all God's saints said, amen. Thanks for listening to that message. We hope that it inspired you to trust the Lord, to treasure people, and to transform our world with the saving gospel message of Jesus Christ. If God is leading you to give to Journey, head to our website, journeychurchgillette.com and hit the give icon in the bottom right-hand corner. Your gift helps us to continue providing resources like this every single week. Also, be sure to follow us on social media and check out our website for updates and additional information. Hey, God bless you guys and have a great day.